Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Thursday, February 16th, 2023. And our top story today, how the world snacks. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Brian Choi is a managing director at the Food Institute. Brian, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Yeah, looking forward to it. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, and and, and look, I, I as I mentioned in the green room, I didn't bring any snacks, but if I did, it's a little early in the morning, but if I did, uh, maybe some licorice would be uh, top of mind for, for me. Uh, Brian, uh, you and the Food Institute did conducted a, a very robust survey in, into how the world snacks. And I, I'm, I'm just curious, let's start with uh, at the, the top line here. How does the world snack? Well, a lot has changed um, over an eight to 10 year period. So basically what we did um, or in, in partnership with Ipsos, uh, which is a survey company, is take a look at 27 countries globally. Um, and we did the survey in 2013 and also in 2021. And basically what we found is that the, the amount, the quantity um, and just the penetration. So when I say penetration, the, the, the sheer number of consumers snacking on a daily basis has gone up substantially. Um, so in the mornings, it's gone up over 40%. In the afternoons, it's gone up over 20%. And, um, you know, basically it's driven by a few things. Number one is that um, more consumers are skipping meals. Uh, and that's, that's due to a number of reasons. So number one, the younger generation, in particular Gen Z, kind of millennials, um, they are addicted to snacking. So maybe addicted is a little, little bit too harsh of a word, but sure. they are snacking much more frequently throughout the day um, and that doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. Um, and the second thing, second reason is, and I think this is really driven by COVID, um, a lot of folks are, you know, they're working from home, right? So when you're working from home, you have your refrigerator right there. It's you're right next to the kitchen. So, you know, the, the connection to the food, you know, within your own, own home, it's like, it's, it's much more frequent. And so, um, the number of snacking occasions has, um, you know, as a result, has gone up substantially as well. Um, and as we know right now, like it's still a hybrid and in some case, completely virtual sort of work environment for many companies. And so I don't think that is going to change too much as well. Yeah. O'Brien, it's not necessarily a bad thing to snack. I mean, dietitians and neither Correct. of us are dietitians and we both have financial backgrounds, but they tell you eat smaller meals throughout the day. Uh, Correct. You know, I was looking at the report. I saw a big picture of Oreos. But let me ask you, what are what are consumers snacking on? Is it the Oreo, the Frito-Lay, or is it something maybe a little bit more health conscious? It's all of the above. I will say as a, as a, like a high level um, trend, health and wellness is more of a focus today than it was five, 10 years ago. Um, but- you know, people are finding more reasons to snack and the motivations of snacking, they've also gone up quite substantially, right? So whether it's mindful indulgence, right? So you want to have that, you know, little piece of chocolate at the end of the day to, to relax, whether it's for energy, right? So what we're seeing in the, in the morning um, day part, 
people want smoothies, they want something that's healthy, that's functional, you know, high in fiber, you know, fruit, uh, high in vitamins. So the health motivation is also a, a key, uh, a key category as well. The third, I would say is, you know, people want to socialize, right? Especially as, as more folks are at home, they're isolated. Um, and so, and so food and snacking has, has become a way for uh, consumers to interact with their friends and family, right? So it's not purely a sustenance, you know, or, you know, uh, uh, motivation. So it covers multiple different areas. And that's, that's something, you know, we see that's going to continue you know, over the next three, five, and, and possibly even 10 years. Yeah. And there, there's nothing I like more than snacking with my wife, having some uh, licorice, as I mentioned, or um, <laughs> so, some carrots. Uh, Brian, we talk so much in, in the retirement industry and in the investment industry about sustainability. Um, right. How has that factored in to snacking? I mean, are we are we eating more sustainable foods, meaning they're not deleterious to the environment, they're not deleterious to the climate? The answer is yes, right? And we're we're just getting started. So there's a number of reasons why um, the the sustainability sort of trend is has gained steam and that will continue. One, consumers are, are much more conscious, right? Of the effects that you know, for example, packaging is having on the uh, on the environment, right? So we've seen a lot of um, you know food and beverage manufacturers reduce the amount of plastic, um, the quantity of you know even uh, even paper and like cardboard that's also uh, that's also de decreased, um, and so it's what I would say is that it's entered the social consciousness of many consumers, and just even five ten years ago that was not the case. Um, then you have the the company at the company level, they are um, they're also making a push as well, right? So you talk about sustainable sustainability, even the kind of the social factors. They're much more aware that the production of their products um, across the supply chain each have an impact on the on the environment. So they're looking at every from from the sourcing to the manufacturing to the distribution and trying to reduce that carbon foot footprint. And many of the leading companies, they've come up publicly to say by 2025, for example, or even 2030, that they wanna be a net zero carbon emitter, you know, overall uh, you know, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a company. The third yeah. level is on the governmental side. So politicians, non-governmental organizations, United Nations, the World Economic Forum, they are pushing um, you know, the, this agenda, and I don't mean it to sound, you know, like in a negative way, but um, they're really pushing for, for leaders of countries and companies to um, really think about their environmental impact, right? And, and developing some sort of like uh, overall targets that, you know, countries and also uh, companies can, um, can, can do, what, what they can do to help the situation. So, from all these three three different levels, that's why we're really seeing kind of the sustainability um, continue to gain, gain traction within the food and beverage industry. Well, Brian, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about snacking, what you need to know, and maybe I'll grab a few pieces of licorice in between. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM.
Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score, a credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and called Credit Repaired for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Brian Choi of the Food Institute. Brian, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Yep. Happy to continue the conversation. And you got my, you got my uh, taste buds. I'm salivating at this point. <laughs> um, you know, Brian, I, we just had the Super Bowl, and I, I don't know if you recall, but there used to be a lot of uh, potato chip or snack right. ads. Um, right. I don't recall seeing that many of those, but it seems like when you look culturally at America, we, we love our chips. We love yes. our Fritos, our Doritos. I, I don't want to leave anyone's brand down. Right. Um, is that still the case? Are we, are we still predominantly a, a, a chip consuming society? Yes. Culture? So the answer is yes. But I think the one difference uh, or the one nuance, especially now, is that consumers are much more conscious of what they're putting into their bodies, right? So um, you know, I, I remember watching the the Super Bowl, and they had you know they had non a non alcoholic beer uh, commercial by Heineken, right? So you know, so that's something. It's the first time in in history that um, a company has 
promoted and marketed that type of product. Um, you had avocados. So avocados is is definitely you know one that um, you know continues to to be a superfood, right? And the, and the perception of it is is still very positive. Um, so you know to answer your question, yes, we're we're still consuming a significant amount of chips. That's not going to go away. Uh, I think what is going to change a little bit more over the next couple of years is that consumers will kind of pair their quote uh, the salty chips with maybe a fruit, right, or something or dark chocolate, which you know there's more studies that um, you know that it's help you know it's helpful for you know for the body overall. So, so that's what I would say related to kind of the snacking behavior um, in today's uh, in today's age. Yeah, and, and, and Brian, I want to ask you about, um, you, you talked about the challenges for manufacturers in terms of sustainability, the net neutral um, emissions. What about health? Um, we seem to be, and not just America, it's all over the world. Uh, we, we're growing, um, maybe getting a little bit wider, many of us, uh, and that brings right. on um, possibly diabetes and some other diseases. Right. <laughs> Pardon me, it got me all choked up. How do, how do manufacturers, you know, they want to produce a great product. They want to be net zero. They want to use the best um, economical and, and best right. uh, um, components possible. But how do you balance producing that snack and also um, being uh, healthy? Yeah, that's a great question, Jeff. You know, I think what companies, and this is a, continues to be a struggle. I don't think a, um, there's a company out there that's figured that, figured everything out. Um, but the one thing, the commonality is that um, they lead with taste. The taste has to be there, right? Consumers have to like it, right? The second is, is there a way to combine that taste with something that is also healthy? So maybe there's a functional you know, um, component within, within, um, that product that will make it a little bit more healthy than, than the previous generation. Right. Um, there's one company I want to highlight. It's, it's Olipop. Uh, and so, you know, within the soda category, you know, it's dominated by Coke, Pepsi, and, you know, many of the other brands. So high sugar, high, you know, calories, basically zero health benefit. Um, Companies like Olipop are looking to disrupt that soda category where they're reducing the amount of sugar and adding functional ingredients to that. So imagine having a healthy soda, you know, you know that it seems like an oxymoron, uh, but those products are out there. So those types of products are gaining, uh, are gaining traction. And so um, companies are especially large and small, but especially the large they're looking to develop products like that that um, provide consumers with an alternative to the, you know, to the quote unhealthy, um, you know, foods and beverages. Uh, last question, Brian, and and a lot of people still go to the food store to shop. They peruse the right. the aisles to find something, but but how do how do people find some of these newer brands or some of these newer products? Are they doing it through, for example? Shopping online, going through social media. If I if I have a taste for sweetness, right. where, where can I go to find out some of the newer snacks? 
Yeah, there, there are many different sources. So um, within the food business world, in the food media world, so this is what Food Institute does. We highlight certain products and trends um, that are up and coming or that are gaining traction, you know, within the market. So a lot of, you know, uh, of our clients go onto our website, check out, you know, what's what's happening in the industry. Retailers are also doing a better job of educating the cons their, their consumer, right? So whether it's like email campaigns, hey, that's saying, hey, they'll get, check out this product that are that's in the shelves. It's a limited time offer. Um, come into the store. We'll give you 20% off. Um, if you buy this week, the third is, is really, um, just, you know, just being aware, like, you know, I think a lot because people are staying at home, they're much more digitally native. Um, so they're, you know, whether it's like, you know, tuning into one of their celebrity, um, uh, reality TV stars that, you know, seeing what they're eating. Right. And that's, that's also causing a behavior change as well. You know, it's almost like, you know, monkey see, monkey do. If your favorite star is eating this, you know, a certain type of product, you know, immediately that that captures, you know, the you know the consumers' minds, and then you know that it provides an incentive for them to go to the retail shell, you know, retail stores to to purchase that product. So it's it's a omni-channel sort of approach um, to uh, to kind of informing consumers of like of these new and up and coming products. Yeah, I always look, Brian, I always look at the, um, uh, to see if the star has abs, and then I try to figure out exactly what they <laughs> ate. So if they ate a candy bar, that, that's good enough for me. Brian, we're going to have to leave it there. Really interesting conversation. And and look, you got my taste buds watering. Look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thanks so much for sharing your perspective. Awesome. I appreciate the opportunity, Jeff. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to. Drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Tax audits, tax liens, wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare, and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom, and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. 
It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The Tax Relief Line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free.